Welcome to Lawyers Who Care, the video show podcast that highlights attorneys who go above and beyond for their clients. On each episode, we're going to meet a new lawyer and they're going to share some stories of when they went beyond legal counsel for the benefit of their client. My name is Andrew Samelin. I'm the principal of Samelin Wealth, a nationally recognized wealth management firm for lawyers, law firms, and their clients. And let's applaud lawyers who care and learn from them. Today, my guest is Stephen Gibbs. He is a trust and estates attorney from Gibbs Law in Fort Myer, Florida. Stephen, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. Great. Glad you're here. So, uh, Stephen, how did you, uh, what made you want to become a lawyer? Yeah, I'm kind of odd, I suppose. I, I, I wanted to go to law school and become a lawyer really because I, I'm a communicator at heart. So I, I like to, you know, sort of get in, get in the mix in education. Um, I think I'm I, the principles of law. I mean, it, it were a huge draw for me, uh, our country, our history. And so that was a big part of it. Uh, what led me into this practice area specifically is that I also like harmony. So there are a ton of practice areas where you get harmony on a regular basis. You might get a little bit and you resolve something. But um, uh, for me, I like, you know, I like working with uh, sort of positive people. And, and, you know, I found a really nice home with the estate and the planning because there's a lot of education and a lot of harmony in this area, people doing the right thing for their loved ones and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's been a rewarding area of practice, you know, for that, for those reasons. Got it. And you use the term harmony and trust in the States, but I have a funny feeling that not all of them <laughs> are harmonious and is the opposite of harmonious disharmony or what word would you like to use? It's a good question. Uh, I think I think the opposite of harmony would be maybe maybe conflict at some level, okay. and um, and you're right. You know, we do get a fair number of situations, particularly after somebody passes, um, where we have a lot of family drama. You'd call it um, more than what folks would probably think. So whenever anyone comes in and wants to do planning, a lot of times um, they'll say, oh, no, no, everybody gets along. It's, it's, it's good. You know, my, my son, daughter, whatever, solid, they're going to do the right thing for everybody. And, you know, I always kind of cringe a little bit on that. I hope it's true. And I don't look to be negative about it at all. I, I think it may be true in the majority of cases, but there's always that case that, you know, people are grieving, they get off on the wrong foot. And, uh, you know, with the plan, the better the plan, the less chance that happens. And, you know, so we have situations that people get into a lot of, a lot of fights and, and I can give you an example uh, on a call I had yesterday, uh, had a, a younger guy, sounded younger, not a client, but somebody just called to ask questions. He said, Hey, everybody can, is there a law that says that the state can take control of my deceased family member, their body, if people don't agree on what we should do? In this particular case, they, they was everybody wanted cremation, and I know it's a morbid topic, but no pun intended. But um, they wanted that to happen, and there was one holdout in the family, so he he wouldn't allow it. They said, "Well, you know, the the uh, powers that be in that case, funeral home, state people said, if you can't agree, we're going to take control." And uh, so finally, as I'm talking to him, he he says, "Well." The reason the one family member won't agree is he had he wants to see the deceased person 
And I said, well, hey, um, maybe you should just let him see him, him or her. And he kind of acted taken aback by that and said, huh, yeah, well, and he didn't say much else. So I don't know, I didn't know the situation. I was kind of curious, but um, he acted a little floored by that and just went on his way, thanked me. And, uh, but you know, that's an area that people really tend to argue about is just what happens to their deceased loved ones. You know, what does the service look like? What are the, what happens to the, you know, sort of the earthly remains, you know, go there. And so we get those kinds of situations. By the way, just, I have a feeling everyone watching this wants to know how the story ended. What happened to the, the actual corpse? You know, I don't know because uh, this was a call and I just said, why don't you do that? And he kind of, he, he uh, you know, again, sounded like a younger guy. And he said, um, well, huh, yeah, that makes sense. So I'd imagine if he's with that information, he probably went back and just talked to the, the family and said, hey, maybe we should just let him, you know, kind of go through his process. And he would have agreed at that point. So it's kind of a funny call, you know, for that reason. It led me to believe that everyone is just sort of, you know, sort of at each other's throats for kind of minimal reasons and it was causing this, this problem, you know? So maybe in this case, it was good that there was nobody designated to make the decision because it makes them all try to get along, you know? So that doesn't happen very often. Usually the more clear you are with the plan, the less chance of everybody arguing, they kind of have to agree, right? So, um, so that's one area, that's probably the toughest, you know, sort of more, most, um, sort of the thing people wouldn't want to think about, I suppose. But um, we also get a lot of trust trust in estate disputes where people don't like their what their sibling is doing with the family trust, things like that. And you can imagine sibling rivalry. I've actually written quite a bit about it. You can imagine it in the context of state planning where, you know, sibling rivalry is in full swing because, fam you know, there there's a grieving process there. And one of them is in charge of the money kind of thing. So, so we had a case not too long ago where there was a, a trustee. There was actually a mom's friend. So we had a mom's friend as the trustee. And then we got a whole family of kids and grandkids that just couldn't stand this, this trustee, which was really weird, I thought. But so we had months and months of just back and forth negativity, you know, going on there, you know, so um, but, you know, the nice thing for, for Harmony's sake is I, I end up making a choice. I can, I can promote Harmony. I can, I can direct people in the, in the, in the way of, of being harmonious and trying to resolve relationships, or I suppose I could fuel that. And I grew up during a time where um, there was the, the schools and then people were starting to look in at alternative dispute resolution. So they were starting to look at mediations. And mm -hmm. so I guess I've ended up mediating. I end up sort of counseling people, not professionally. I'm not a therapist, but I, I end up in that role sure. you know, at times. So and from a uh, from an ADR standpoint, uh, do you think that that um, uh, does that help grow your business? Uh, is that with a, a based upon age to certain clients? think that of a more of a viable option than others? Yeah, that's a good question. And ADR, it's in our, it's in our documents. So we have, you know, that people will arbitrate or do different things. 
Um, it doesn't so much, I mean, for me, I don't know if it helps grow my practice as much as it helps me feel good about it and feel good that I'm kind of prodding the clients in the direction that, you know, is, is more aimed at saving money for the estate and not fueling disputes. Sometimes you probably have to have a dispute. Um, I don't get as involved on the litigation side and I do know it's necessary sometimes, you know, to, you know, kind of either prevent somebody from doing something really wrong or, you know, whatever. I mean, obviously that happens, but where it seems to be just people that don't get it, that don't understand what they need to provide to other family members, whether it be trust documents, things like that. They just don't get it. And then they kind of need a reality check. And a lot of times it can get people on the right track. So I would say it's more about having a better practice than really growing it. If I um, were more of a, a litigation minded person, then probably be the opposite would grow my practice, which would be getting involved in more controversies, I think, you know, and, and uh, having to have the courts wanting to have the courts work that out. Right. And, you know, nothing to say that, you know, judges aren't extremely important and, you know, we need good judges. We need people that are willing to step in if it gets, you know, too crazy. So I've, I've seen that work as well, but again, there is a loss of control at the client level for, for themselves because they can't make the decision. There is. And it also, there's a relationship with this kind of area of practice with the states, you know, usually it's between family members. So you hate to have to have a lawsuit between family members to resolve money issues. It's, uh, you know, and people get strange around death and they get strange around money. Those are kind of two hot buttons for, you know, for anybody, I think, you know, so as you probably understand <laughs> in the financial area. So, yes. Um, so yeah, so it's an interesting area from that standpoint. And I do enjoy the family aspect of it. We see a lot of close families as well. I see a lot of amazing people and amazing families. And that's, that's a, a fun part of the practice as well. Hmm. So what part of your practice are you most proud of? Well, you know, I, I think it's shifted, it's shifted over the years. Uh, I think, I'm proud that we handle, we help people protect, you know, what they've built over their lifetime. So that's a important thing to me. We see a lot of great, like I said, great families, smart people that have worked hard and also been generous. There's sort of a misnomer out there, in my opinion, that sometimes about, especially now you see this sort of thing about wealthy people and the wealthy people that I've crossed paths with are, are oftentimes, um, some of the most generous and nicest people that I've ever come across. So, um, and, and vice versa, I think you could, you could be dirt poor, I suppose, or not have anything and be really a mean person. So it's, uh, you know, you can't really judge that way. So I guess the thing I, I like is that, you know, I can be a, um, a resource for those people, help uh, protect those people that, that are trying to preserve things for their loved ones preserve lifestyle, education, whatever it is, values. I think preserving values is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also proud of the fact that we do a fair amount of Medicaid planning on the other side. So, you know, we kind of handle the, when people are at the end of their journey and trying to help get them whatever assistance they can, you know, can get and still not have to completely um, 
liquidate all their assets and these kind of things. And, and when I say that, I mean, you know, the, the legal avenues that people can take to, to be protective, you know, under what's allowed with, you know, with Medicaid and these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we've had quite a few vulnerable adults and families that we've been able to help take care of assets. Sometimes we'll use LLC planning with investment properties and things like that. And we're able to save some assets for future generations and still um, handle some of the medical needs that are there. So that's, that's been rewarding as well. And, and again, some of the mediating and that mediating between siblings, we had a rather long case not too long ago with um, basically two uh, half sort of half sisters that were, the state was split because it was a second marriage kind of a thing. So I guess they were stepsisters, they'd be stepsisters. But um, we had a split estate and we were a big part of organizing both mom and dad's estate, but also helping them to make sure they continue to get along. And because you could see that they really appreciated each other, but it could have easily kind of got into a sort of a lot of financial strain between the two. And, and uh, you know, again, dealing with parents in difficult situations and, and these kind of things. So, and I guess being a, an encouragement to people when their parents have really difficult diagnosis um, things is another part that I've enjoyed and, and been been proud to be a part of. So uh, I've learned a lot being exposed to sort of mortality. I was in this in my early 30s. I was in this area of practice. I'm now uh, 50, just turned 50. So, um, you know, I don't know if I should you know say thanks to that or what. It was kind of a tough, <laughs> tough birthday uh, this year. Uh -huh. But um, but anyway, I've been able to, I, I feel like it was valuable at a young age to see people sort of at all aspects of their journey. I think that was a pretty neat thing to to be involved in, not only to just watch what was going on with them, but to be involved personally in conversations and getting their perspective on their loved ones and and uh, whether good or bad, and uh, so to speak. And, and so that's been valuable. Sure. And so a question for you, for those that want to get uh, in contact with you, what is the best way? Oh, well, I appreciate that. Um, if people have questions, we, we do work all over Florida, so all over the state, and they can call, um, they can either call or email. So should I just give the number or how do, how do we want? Work? Sure, please, twice. All right. It, it's uh, our main number, which our office is in Fort Myers, but again, we go all over the state because we have virtual notary and these kinds of things now, which Florida's kindly put in place. So uh, 239-415-7495 is our main Again. number. Again. 239-415-7495. And our website is Gibbs Law FL, which is like for Florida. So Gibbs Law, G-I-B-B-S-L-A-W-F-L.com. If I should give that again, but sure. um, it's Gibbs Law, G I B B S, like my last name, Gibbs Law, L A W F L dot com. And our email address is just info at gibbslawfl.com. So that domain with info, I N F O in front of it. So those are always, um, if you want to find us on the web, we have, uh, I'm not sure, you know. If, we've, if you've been able to see it yet, Andrew, but we have a lot of um, valuable articles there, uh, all kinds of estate planning, asset protection, Medicaid planning, 
Uh, now tax planning is becoming an important, important thing. So um, all those resources on our website, under resources on our blog, people can search out articles and these kinds of things. So we want to make that education available and, and a good place to start is the website. And of course, we're always uh, interested in connecting with folks. Sounds also. great. So, uh, and Stephen, thank you so much for being, uh, you know, such a great educator and for uh, letting our uh, viewership and your viewership know, you know, the, the ins and outs and the ups and downs of, of uh, trust in the states and how it relates to, you know, real life and real people and real examples. And I wanted to thank you, you know, for the time today. Again, our guest has been Stephen Gibbs. He's a trust in the states attorney, as he mentioned, at Gibbs Law in Fort Myers, Florida. And this has been the Lawyers Who Care podcast, the video show that highlights attorneys who go above and beyond uh, for their clients. My name is Andrew Samelin, principal of Samelin Wealth, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Have a thank great you, day. Andrew. Thank you, Stephen. Mm -hmm.